Praise the Lord this morning. Everybody got a smile on your face? Amen and amen. You can be seated. Thank you for coming this morning. Uh, is Canada online today? Are they on? Okay. So we'll greet them shortly. Hopefully the travel ban will be open pretty soon. After the election's over and Democrats all go home. I shouldn't say that. How many knows that that wasn't woke? That's not woke. Either Democrats will go home or we'll be shut up, one or the other. Does make make any difference? It's not popular to be on the right side. We found that out in the message. Amen. Thank you for coming this morning. My vision's a little this morning. Sugar level, I can't see all the way to the back, but... Everybody kind of blurred double vision, but maybe we can single in this way and get it. We got a lot of notes this morning. I'm sorry for that. I put a lot of quotes in there, and I happened to be awake about 9.30 or 10 or so like that, and I thought, well, there's something online I need to go check, and I went there, and the notes had not gone through, and I hadn't got the email from Daniel, and I looked on there and said, Notes, error notes didn't go through. And I wonder what in the world? And I went back and back and forth and back and forth. And it said, check your address. I looked up there and had to Trump, Donald Trump. <laughs> now, how them notes ever went to Donald Trump, I just don't know. But they didn't let them go through. They sent them back to me. But uh, when you email, I get it, put up a little D on there, and it punched down here, and it gives me an email, and I punch it up there. I don't know how Donald Trump got up there, because he's not in my email list, although I get about 300 emails from him or somebody every day as far as the election. I've never got one from Biden, though. I kind of feel left out. So that's the reason why the notes are late or was late this morning. You'll find in your note there is a lot of quotes and very little that I have to say about it. But if you'll read the quotes in order as they go through the years, you'll see a picture of what we're trying to get across or talk about this morning unfold right in front of your eyes. And our subject is basically we call hidden manna. Hidden manna. And what we'll see this morning, there's a difference between manna and hidden manna. We understand that the manna is the type of the Holy Ghost, which is the type of the Word. So how can there be a Holy Ghost that is open for everybody, and then there's a Holy Ghost that's only to an elite group of people? There is manna. There is an outpouring of the Holy Ghost upon all flesh. And then there's promised a hidden manna that contains a new stone and a new name to the overcomer. And that's what we want to look at. I put down Exodus chapter 16. If I read the whole text that I have this morning to introduce the subject, it would take most of the lesson because you'd make a comment here and there. Uh, so let's just pick up enough of it, of that chapter. And it is pertaining to manna. The children of Israel grumbled as they come out of the land of Egypt into their exodus. They begin to grumble and complain. And let's just pick up verse 8 in chapter 16 and just read a little, pick up a thought here on the matter. Moses said, This shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat, 
Now remember, strong meat belongs to them that are full age. And in the full age, you are given strong meat, according to Paul in Hebrews 5 and 6. So he gave them flesh to eat in the evening, and in the morning bread to be full. For that the Lord heareth your murmurings, which you murmur against him. And what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. Now, speaking of us, meaning Moses and Aaron, which types the prophet and the fivefold ministry in verse 9 here. Because watch now. And Moses spake unto Aaron, saying to all the congregation of the children of Israel. Now, Moses was the prophet that God spoke to. Now, the prophet is speaking to Aaron, which we'll pick up in Aaron's rod in the holiest of oldest. But Moses spoke to the Aaron, and Aaron was to speak to the people. Say unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he hath heard your murmurings. And it shall come to pass, as Aaron spoke unto the whole congregation, now this is all the people of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. In other words, in their beginning of their exodus, they were told to look toward the exodus, and when they saw the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. How many remembers the cloud that we received in our exodus? And then the Lord spake unto Moses. He didn't speak to Aaron, he spoke to Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, speaking to them, saying, At even, evening, or even, you shall eat flesh, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So eating this bread was to give them a knowledge of God. So I want you to keep in mind that the mystery of God that we are to receive in this hour under the seventh angel, in the day when the seventh angel sounded, the mystery of God shall be finished. All right, the mystery of godliness, who God is, what He is, who He is, the revelation of Jesus Christ in His fullness will be made known from eating this bread. And you shall know what, that I am the Lord your God. And it came to pass that at evening the quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay round about the host. And when the dew that laid was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing, as small as a hoar frost on the ground. In other words, it was a little round wafer. Now you wonder where the Catholic Church gets their little round wafer, and they call it the body of Christ? Right here. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna. In other words, what they actually said in the original was, what is this? There was the bread that come down from heaven. There was a revelation of Jesus Christ. And they asked, what is it? Jesus come and they said, who is it? He said, I'm the bread that coming down from heaven. Eat this bread and you shall never die. So we're going to find that there is a revelation contained in a bread that comes down from heaven until it leads us to the end time, the age of full maturity, and there will be a bread that comes down that you will eat and change your body, and you will not die. That's what we're looking at.
And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna, for they wist not what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. Keep that in mind now, because the bread that comes down from heaven is the bread that the Lord giveth us to eat. This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Gather of it every man according to his eating, and omer for every man according to the number of your persons. Take ye every man for them which are in his tents. The children of Israel did so, and gathered some more, some less. And when they had did meet it out, meet it with an omer, he that gathered much had nothing over, he that gathered little had no like. They gathered every man according to his eating. Now, what you could go through this chapter and type out the seven church ages because every joint is given a supply, a nourishment to satisfy that joint. Every age had an outpouring of the manna from heaven, the Holy Ghost, and it supplied the food that they needed for that age until the next age come on the scene. Then that manna had worms in it and they couldn't eat it. So what you're going to find out, the Holy Ghost fell with a word that they eat. It brought them to a place until the next morning a word fell and they eat it. They eat and eat until they come down to this end time message. And our manna will carry us over for today and another day through the millennium all the way to the other side. All right, you'll see that principle laid out right here in front of us. Uh, notwithstanding, the, and Moses said, let no man leave it till the morning. In other words, the morning we would call a breaking of a new day or a new age. And the parable is you can't put new wine in old bottles. Okay. Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto Moses, but some of them left of it until the morning, and it bred worms and stank, and Moses was wrought with them. Now, Moses typing the prophet of this hour, and Brother Branham said, don't bring in any of your Pentecostal message over into this new message. And some left it over, and it's got worms in it, and it actually stinks. If you want to put it in a spiritual sense. And they gathered it every morning, every man according to his eating. And when the sun waxed hot, it melted. And it came to pass that on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for one man, and all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses. Now you're going to the sixth day or 6,000 years, which that places us now in the sixth day. Ready to go into the millennium of the seventh day. So in the sixth day, we was commanded to do what? And he said unto them, this is that which the Lord has said. Tomorrow is the rest of the holy Sabbath, which is the day we are, our millennium. So then tomorrow, now we will rest in the millennium unto the Lord. Bake that which you will bake today. That's in this age now, the sixth day. And seeth that you will seeth. And that which remaineth over lay up for you to be kept until the morning. That which is gathered in our hour now will not have worms in it. It will last all the way past the seventh day over into the eighth day. So there's manna that comes in the sixth day, right at the end of the sixth day, down from heaven that we can eat of. It will not spoil. It will carry you all the way through the rest of this day, all the way through the millennium, all the way to the other side. So there must be immortality in this manner that comes down from heaven at the end of the sixth day, which is our message of this hour. Amen. I mean, it's following now. 
It's all, the, it's all linear in story form. Uh, bake that which you will bake today, and seeth that you will seeth it, and that which remaineth will lay up for you, you to be kept until the morning. And they laid it up till the morning, as Moses bade, and it did not stink, neither was there any worms therein. And Moses said, Eat that today, for today is a Sabbath unto the Lord. Today you shall not find it in the field. In other words, you're not going to go back to the church ages, and basically if you want to put it in a spiritual sense, you're not going to go back through the Bible and find anything. The Gentile fullness has come. You can search and search and search, and you can go back to the written word, and you can memorize Genesis to Revelation, and you still will not get this manna. Well, then the prophet said, you move from the baptism of the Holy Ghost to the baptizer himself. You move from the baptism of the Holy Ghost to the Word, which is God, here. So there's a manna that comes down from heaven in our hour that if we eat it, it will glorify or change our body to immortality. Six days you shall gather it, but the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, in it there shall be none. And it came to pass that there went out some of the people on the seventh day, Let's go back to Pentecost and gather up some because we hadn't got enough. On the seventh day for together, and they found none. You can go back to your fasting. You can go back to your altar calls. You can go back to your revivals, back to Pentecost, back to Pentecost. And you will not find any food that will do you any good today. It may give you a little snack. It may make your stomach feel like it's full, but it will not last you. All right. Verse 28, And the Lord said to Moses, How long refuse ye? To keep my commandments and my laws. In other words, how long is it going to take for us to move out of the Pentecostal age in our exodus into the revelation of Jesus Christ and God Himself here amongst us in the form of a pillar of fire? Verse 29, see, for that the Lord hath given you the Sabbath, therefore He giveth you on the sixth day the bread of two days, Abide ye every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. Now remember, Brother Bram said, under the seventh seal, there is a relaxation or a rest to the bride of Jesus Christ. All right. So we're typing the age and times back and forth, seasons back and forth. Now look at verse 31. And the house of Israel called the name thereof manna. And it was like a coronary seed, white. The taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Should taste pretty good. And Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord had commandeth. Fill an omer of it to be kept for your generations, that they may see the bread wherewith I have fed you. Watch this note now. That your generation may see the bread wherewith I have fed you in the wilderness, in their exodus, when I brought you forth from the land of Egypt. So the main essence of manna is what? I fed you. You didn't grow it. You didn't work for it. You didn't pray through and got it. I gave it to you. That's the only way that you can receive this manna is by total grace. Amen. If you're going to live under the law, you've got to keep the law perfectly, every dot, every tittle, every day of your life until you die or you miss it all. Grace, you say, let the Word of God be true. Peace be unto me according to the Word of God. 
I, I don't know why the children of Israel thought they could dot the I and cross the T's. But you have people in the message thinking the same thing. Remember, when you live by the law, it is a law every day, every dot, every tittle. If you break one law, you break it all and you die. No one has ever been able to keep it yet outside of Jesus Christ the Lord. Now watch. And Moses said unto Aaron, Take a pot, put an omer full of manna therein, lay it before the Lord. Now that's in the holiest of all where we're talking about. To be kept for your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron laid it up before the testimony. That's the Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies to be kept. The children of Israel did eat manna forty years until they came to a land inhabited. They did eat manna until they came unto the borders of the land of Canaan, right before crossing over into the promised land. Like us now, right before we cross over in the resurrection into another uh, millennium, right at this end time, right at that time, the manna stopped basically. And now uh, until they came to the borders of the land of Canaan, the manna quit falling. Now an omer is the tenth part of an ephat, if that's what you call it. All right. Now go to Hebrews 9 4. Back to our text. We're looking at these furniture of the emblems that was left in the holiest of all. And these emblems represent where Israel failed under Moses. And these instruments was hid in the holiest of all and kept there. Also as emblematic of the New Testament church failing. And these emblems come back to us in a type showing basically the Gentiles and the Jews do both the same thing. And the repeat of the ministry comes back at this end time to put it all together. Watch. In the holiest of holies, Paul said, which had the golden censer. We looked at that. And the Ark of the Covenant overlaid round about with gold. We haven't got to that yet. But what? Wherein was the golden pot that had manna. And Aaron's rod that budded, which is a type of a ministry. And the tables of the covenant. Amen. Now watch in Revelation 2.17. We find manna spoken of now again in a different manner. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, now this is only to the overcomer, will I give to eat of the hidden manna. The overcomer is the overcomer in the seventh church age, or Laodicea. That has overcome and gained the uh, correlation or the accumulation of the rewards for every age. Now is brought down to the overcomer in our age. And we're also given a new manna. And you give him a white stone. And in the stone a new name written. Now this is given to us now. Which no man knoweth saving he that receiveth it. So there is a revelation given to the overcomer. It will be hidden in a manna, a hidden manna, not just regular manna now. So there's manna for everybody. Now there is a hidden manna. And we'll give him a white stone. Brother man said there's a revelation in there. And in the stone a new name. He said, remember there's three names, son of God, son of man, son of David. So in the age of the revelation of the new name, which is son of Man, that's injected in the Scripture between the Son of God, Son of Man, Son of God. This will be another Son of Man, then Son of David. So right at the end time, the revelation of the Son of Man, God in human flesh, would come down as bread from heaven. 
and we are to partake of this body word of the Son of Man, are basically partake of the revelation given to us at the seventh seal or at the end of this age, and in that manner will bring forth immortality. All right. So he said, no man receive it. Now, we know that we have manna, and we have now hidden manna. And the manna set apart and placed in the holiest of all was the same manna that fell for all the people outside of the tabernacle out upon the ground. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit fell on 120 in the upper room. Then the Holy Ghost was promised in this end time to be poured out upon all flesh. Now you may not realize it. You say, well, I'm not a Christian, but the Holy Ghost had been poured out upon all flesh. And every seed now under this latter outpouring will produce of its own kind. The Holy Ghost does not change you from one kind of seed to another kind of seed. The Holy Ghost only waters the seed that you are to bring out that soul or that nature that you already are. But then in the end time, I will pour out upon my servants, upon my handmaidens, a manna, a rain. And what shall they do? They shall prophesy, which will fulfill Revelation 10, 10, 11, 12. So there is a different outpouring in the time of the outpouring of the Pentecost upon all flesh. There is a promise of revelation to come to a very elected people, which will be bred from heaven, that no one can partake of except those who are walking in the evening light at the evening time. All right? So what we're looking at is what? It fell on the people, so the manna set in the presence of God. See, he took the same manna out here, put it in the holiest place in the tabernacle. That was a portion of the same manna that was out here. The manna out here would spoil and get worms in it. But there was a part of the original manna that was kept in the holiest of all, let's say in the presence of God. Let's say it was hid in a book. That didn't spoil. So when I talk about hidden manna, I'm talking about the original revelation that was given out here was put in a book and sealed up where it wouldn't spoil. So at the end time, we would be able to partake of the original manna that was given forth in the book of Acts. You've got the same baptism of the Holy Ghost today as they received in the book of Acts. Now remember, keep in mind, the baptism of the Holy Ghost did not cause the people to cease from dying. It did not bring them maturity. They all died and there was nothing in the holy place. There was nothing through seven church ages that was able to change the body and produce a resurrection and a rapture. But at the end time, this angel that comes down from heaven, he has an open book which we are told to eat. So it must be manna in original form that we can now eat it. And not only will we prophesy, but it will bring complete health to our bodies to cause us not to die. All right. So what you're looking at is basically there's a manna 
kept in the presence of God, which is the original revelation of Jesus Christ, and it was a measure of the original word. If you want to go all the way back before the tabernacle, remember in the Garden of Eden, there was a tree there that they were forbidden to eat of, which was the tree of life, because they eat from the wrong tree first. When they eat from the wrong tree, it caused worms, sickness, health, death, everything else to die. This manna over here called the tree of life, if they had to eat it, it would have been perpetual health and eventually bring them immortality. But since they partook of the wrong manna first and didn't keep the word of God, then the revelation of this manna, the tree of life, was taken out from them in a form and hidden in heaven in the form of a book, which we know Jesus is the Lamb's book of life. He is the tree of life. He is the bread that come down from heaven. So there's a revelation of Jesus Christ in the garden that was hid from the first Adam and Eve and put in the throne room in heaven in the presence of God. And all through six days, 6,000 years, through seven church ages, no one was able to get that manna and feed it to the people. So there was nothing in the holy place for seven church ages. No measure of the word that was able for the, to change the people's minds to the place that it brought them to full maturity for the resurrection and the change of the body. We are promised in the days of the voice of the seventh angel. Revelation 10 to 7 that he would have a revelation, an open book that would bring the full revelation of God to the people. And once they ate that revelation or that book, it would cause the mystery of God in us to be manifested in the flesh. In other words, you'd have a revelation of the Godhead, water baptism, what God's doing and who you are as sons and daughters of God. All right. So, Brother Branham, as a quote here, we want to read. Now, watch. I think this is out of the uh, mm, seven church ages, I believe. Seven church ages. He said, now, the book of Revelation, how it's made up, and Daniel ties in with it. Isaiah ties in with it. All the Old Testament in with it. And it's the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. It's the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, we can go through the Bible and take weeks at it. I think Zechariah saw this book as a scroll, rolled up scroll. Now, when you call a book in the Bible, it's only a rolled up scroll. In other words, they had a handle here. They screwed it, unscrewed them here, screwed it back up here like a roll. Now, it's written on both sides. So, when you read down, they wound it back up here, unwound it here. And then when they put it together, it's like two handles. Have you ever seen the picture? Two rows, two handles out here, and now it says it's sealed with seven seals so no one could get to it. Now that's called a scroll or a book. Zechariah saw this book and he gave the measurements of it, and it was exactly the same measurements now of the Holy of Holies. If you want to go into it and figure out the dimensions, he said this scroll was so like. 30 feet long and 15 feet wide, whatever more, and that's exactly the same measures of the holy places. So we're looking at an unfolding now of a revelation of Jesus Christ, and it's the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ is 
the book of Revelations. Now, how many people, and there's still parts of it that I do not understand, I'll grant you that, but there's most of it we can get that's to us we understand. The book of Revelation, until this hour, this age, matter of fact, the last few years, has anyone got any type of understanding of the book of Revelation? I've heard people try to write books on Revelation. What more, they go everywhere from kingdom come back to wherever they don't have a clue what it means. But the, the chapter 1 of Revelation said what? Blessed is the man that's able to read the book. So we find the book of Revelation can be read by one man. That one man can read the book, so he has to be special. He has to come at a unique time. It has to come when the Lamb has opened the book in heaven. Because he can't read it down here and closed up. The Lamb opens it in heaven. And when we get to it now, the Lamb opened all seven seals. That got, that got me thrown out of the meetings about 30 years ago. If you don't understand the divisions in the message, most of them is over two or three items. The Godhead, the seals, and basically the revelation of the presence or the appearing of Christ in the form of a pillar of fire. They call it perusia. How many knows that Revelation 10.1, this angel that come down, is the angel of the covenant, which is none other than the Logos, the pillar of fire that led the children of Israel by fire and by cloud, showed up at the birth of Jesus, showed up at the baptism of Jesus, appeared to Paul, and then we didn't see it anymore until this evening time. The pillar of fire comes back on the scene at the evening time to one man. And he stays with this one man and carries him through the end of the Gentile cycle. And he gives this one man the ability to read the book of Revelation and tell us what it says. Amen. Amen. So Brother Bram said, now, it's the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ. See, the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ. He, he repeats it. And then in there, there is seven churches, or seven church ages, seven plagues, seven seals, and seven trumpets. Now, he begins to explain a little bit. Now, this is 1954 now when he is saying this. And he's going to tell you at this time, in 1954, the seventh seal is not open. So many still use this quote here in 54 to say, see, Brother Bram said the seventh seal is not open. But we're in 2020, 2020. But if you look at it where Brother Branham is the only one that could get the interpretation, and he was the one that should reveal all mysteries, let's put it like this, I would say all mysteries that's required to bring us out of the grave or to change our bodies. Because we still don't know the minute or hour that we're going to go up. There's a trump. There's an area in there that we're still in doubt of. If he was to reveal all mysteries, then the mysteries would absolutely deal with salvation in its completeness. Doctrine as given by the Apostle Paul that we need as Gentiles for resurrection and the rapture. I think there will be mysteries that will be taught during the millennium that we don't understand now. 
All right. So he said, now watch. A seal, a mystery is revealed. Now keep in mind, he's going to tell you later that we're under the seventh seal, seventh trumpet, seventh plague, and the seventh vial to be poured out. And he said, no, that's the next quote. Watch. A seal is a mystery to be revealed. So every seal had a mystery. Now, and just follow me. Under the seal was a mystery. A mystery is only a truth veiled to our understanding that is written in the Word of God, but veiled to our interpretation of it. In other words, I can read it right there, and my mind not get it. But if the Holy Spirit gives me an understanding, in other words, He anoints my mind to where I read it, and my mind is unveiled, I can get an understanding of what He's saying that's different than what I've been told all my life. But I cannot get a private revelation. I mean, it's following me now. I've heard a lot of people, well, I went in my room, I stay here three days, I come out with a revelation. Yeah, seven thunders with piano players and everything else, magic guitars and everything else. No, no, no. <laughs> revelation will only come to a prophet first. When I was down the boot hill, I had a sweet young lady that was just as sincere as they can be, and that was awful nice of me saying that because we fought all the time I was down there. They claimed that I understood the seals before Brother Brown preached them. Bless her heart. No one understands the seals before Brother Brown preached them. And 99.9% .9 of the people didn't understand the seals after he preached them. And the seventh seal is a seal of mystery to 99.8% of the people that's read them for 45 years. How do you understand silence? If I stand here completely silent, I don't say a word, I don't move a muscle, I don't give you anything to see or to identify with, to hear or to feel, how are you going to interpret anything? What are you going to compare it with? How do you interpret silence? Seven seal was silence. Jesus didn't say nothing about it. Angels know nothing about it. When it was open to the prophet, he said, we know two parts, but there's a part that I didn't get because the Bible doesn't tell us outright. So then we would say, well, then who knows it? Well, I'm going to put it that way. That seventh seal, that mystery of that silence, is what we will know by a spiritual revelation, by being the elect and eating the manna of this hour. Then we'll partake of the hidden manna that's not given out to everyone, but it is hidden and fed to you bite by bite, morning by morning, sermon by sermon. And all of a sudden, the process of it is to transfigure us until we see who we are as sons and daughters of God. Now then, the seal is taken off of your mind. The seal is taken off of your age. The seal is taken off of, off of your soul. And you know by the opening of the seals who you are, that you're born again as sons and daughters of the age and the fullness of the Gentiles has come and you've been placed over here under the grace of God. A seal. A mystery revealed unfolding now. You could take the rapture, shout voice and trump and preach on that. And a plague is what follows ever war. Now, we're talking about natural wars and spiritual wars, but he's talking about a plague is what follows every war. Now, watch. 
and by God's help, and with the book of history. In other words, go back and look at the history. Now we can go on the computer and look it up. You can find all this information now on the computer by just punching in what you want. You can get the revelation of the trumpets, what the plagues was in certain years, by just typing in. It'll tell you what it is. By God's heaven, with the mystery of history, I can prove to you that we're living at the seventh trumpet. How many knows the seventh trumpet is for Israel to call out 144,000? Now keep this in mind, because when you see this political unrest, I'm fixing to touch it here in a few minutes. This political unrest will be determined by where Israel is in relationship to the Word of God, whether Trump is reelected or not. I don't think that you and I have very little with the reelection of this president. This is the first election America has ever had to where you can sit in a basement and not even make a speech and win an election. This is the first time that we're all shut up in our houses. They bail out, mail out 400 million empty ballots for someone to fill in for you, mail in for you, and you never, I never did get one. The mailman picks them up by the thousands, has someone down here in a room fill them out for whoever they want to be voted in, mail them in, and you never you say, well, I didn't get a ballot. But they got one for you. 400,000 in one area. Now, the last election was won by 6,000 votes. Trump beat Hillary, I think, in one of the upper states there, Wisconsin or one of those states, by 6,000 votes in that one in the election. Just think whether I could feed in the system, say, 100,000 votes. I can win any election. If I can get a few mailmen... Pay them a few hundred thousand dollars to collect the votes and have someone to fill them out and mail them in. It's rigged. If God has Israel where they are ordained to be by Scripture, now they're still working on that peace treaty that's got to be fulfilled. There's a few Arab nations in there that's got to come in that's not in yet, but they're in the process. It all depends whether Israel is in a place that the clock can start. If not, Trump will win probably by 90% to 10%. For he has to carry out the Word of God to put Israel in a position for the clock to start to bring on the results of the sixth seal, which is the tribulation period that's already been opened and being poured out upon us now that we call the squeeze. Everything that you're seeing in the land today has never been in America on this basis before. And the more we see cities burning, riding, what more, 90 nights in a row, you get accustomed to it like the frog boiling in water. And you're boiled before you even know it. If you cannot see the spirit of the mark of the beast being broadcast and put on TV in your news every day, when a person cannot go into the building 
in Washington, D.C., which should be the safest city in the whole world. Because there's where all of our government leaders are, so it should be the safest place for anybody in the world to come would be Washington, D.C. And you cannot walk two blocks without being mugged, cursed at, stomped on, and everything that you can think of. And you can't walk two blocks without this persecution, people screaming in your ear. And the mayor sitting there saying, go to it, boys, go to it, boys. You get thrown in jail, I'll let you loose. We've never seen this condition before. There is something spiritually taking place. I believe that basically them 200,000, thousand demons has been loose. Now, they've been held in place until the Holy Ghost holds them in place until, and we'll look at it in the Scripture, until... The revelation of Jesus Christ or the eating of this book is complete by you and I. But once it's completed, you swallow that last little bite that's able to change your body. The clock starts ticking, tick, 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 and 1260 days, it will be over. Now watch. And the seventh seal to be opened... And the seventh vial to be poured out, and we know that is the third woe of Revelation or World War III. Called the Battle of Armageddon. So we know right here that in 1954, the seventh seal is where we're at, but it was not open. In 1954, we see here, we are waiting for the seventh seal to be open, which would be a mystery revealed or unfolded to us. And we understand now that the seventh seal is the ending of all things, even to the new Jerusalem in the eighth day. So when the seventh seal opens, it begins a process of the ending of all things. You see the political unrest. You see the world's coming. You'll see this economic twist going. It all starts in the motion. We, like I said, we're calling it a squeeze, but it is absolutely the sixth seal opened in 1964 with the Alaskan earthquake. It begins this political unrest, this turmoil, bringing all things to pass now for the resurrection and the rapture. Everything hinges on this seventh seal. If you look at the notes, I give us a little dit- discourse here to, for a picture. I'll just read it to you. In the last 90 days, we have seen America that has reached an all-time high in its prosperity and growth. Trump tells you every day how great his economy was. Lowest unemployment, blacks, whites, yellows, greens, purples, and everything else. Fulfilling Revelation 13, which America is Revelation 13, which tells us that we will cause all small and great to take the mark of the beast or they won't be able to buy and sell anything. So America will be in control of the wealth to bring this to pass. There's no one outside of Trump, which I believe is ordained of God to do what he's doing is as well as he's disliked, he's being used of God. Elijah wasn't liked either, and Jesus wasn't either. I'm not either, you're not either. But we're here to fulfill a role, 
And nothing can stop it. The more opposition it comes against it, the more, the more it fulfills it has a will to do it. Now watch. So we've seen this prosperity reach fulfilling Revelation 13. In every sector of life, all of a sudden it comes to a sudden stop. When we saw this invasion of America, Brother Brown preaches to America, a sermon, invasion of America. This inv- invasion was by an invisible army or an invisible enemy called a virus, COVID-19. The prophet tells us that under the fifth trumpet, the first world war, which was between 1914 and 1918, which is called the first woe in the book of Revelation, is the plague that followed was influenza. I looked up in the internet and it brought you to it. I put, I put in the 1918 uh, epidemic and it brought me to this quote. It said, the 1918 influenza pandemic was the most severe pandemic in Asian history. It was caused by an H1N1 virus with genes of avid origin. Although there is not universal consensus regarding where this virus originated, it spread worldwide during 1918 to 1919. In the United States, it was first identified in military personnel in spring of 1918. Brother Branham said that was the plague under the fifth trumpet after that seal opened. So he told you what the first woe was and what trumpet. All right, the next woe would be the next trumpet. The next woe was the World War Three, our Armageddon will be the seventh trumpet. So you can follow the trumpets that way. Brother Bam said in Church Asia, and the plague was opened at that time and poured out upon the earth, which was influenza that killed all the people as it did, the thousands times thousands. So we're looking at God with this virus, this enemy, this influenza, doing something to the world. This is affecting the whole world. And if we understood how many millions and millions of people that it affected, you would probably see the fulfillment of where it says, don't burn the grass, or don't affect the people. Then all of a sudden they sent the angel out to destroy the people by the thousands times thousand or the third of the earth was destroyed by this virus. What I'm trying to say is that the opening of the seventh seal that we're under now, the seventh seal only tells you of the doom or the destruction of the world to finish up God's plan of redemption. I wrote a little prayer. Now, we've had viruses in our lives such as colds, flu. How many knows the flu shot? I got a mail email. The flu shots are ready. How many is going to take flu shots? How many silent Trump voters? <laughs> Hope that's not on live stream. Get it. We've had flu. We've had AIDS. We've had all kinds of viruses. But this one is being handled different in America. We've lost more people this year with what they call the flu that they took shots for than we had with this virus that they got everything locked up for. Okay. Everything and everyone has been affected by the closure of our churches, 
our schools, our businesses, travel. We have had winds destroy crops in Iowa, which is very unusual. Just a wind come up, 140 or 150 miles an hour, blew across all the crops, laid them flat on the ground, and it was over. Now, what in the world brings a wind up in the crop area and wipes out millions of acres of crops, corn, whatever more, and then stops? Let's follow it. Fires in California are still raging. They've been burning for the last three months. That's fulfilling one of the plagues over there, prophets. Hurricanes are striking the southern coast. Cities are rioting in Oregon, Minnesota, Chicago, St. Louis, Kansas City, Seattle, Washington, Washington, D.C., New York City, Portland, Atlanta, for the first time now, we see what? The churches actually closed and the prisons opened. Uh, it should get our attention somewhere. The Bible said he opened the bottomless pit and loosed thousands of demonic powers that had been bound by the Holy Spirit until. 2 Thessalonians 1, 6-9. Tells us what? And now you know what withholdeth that he might reveal in his time. What is holding this off? What is holding the sixth seal off? For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let, which is the Holy Ghost, God himself. This is not the baptism. This is not the manna now. This is that angel of the covenant, the pillar of fire. God Himself here in the form of the Holy Spirit. It is Jesus Christ, the anointing. When I say it is Jesus Christ, the anointing, I'm not speaking about the glorified man on the throne of God. I'm talking about the anointed that absolutely anointed the man to make Him the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Okay. Mystery of iniquity hath already worked, only he now let it, will let until he be taken out of the way. That he there now is actually the bride of Jesus Christ in the full maturity form, now carrying a masculine title of he. When you see me, you see the Father. The Father and me, I and you, and that day I will be in you, and we'll all, Father and I both will be in you, and you will become the Word manifested in flesh. Amen. We are the bride, but we now carry the term of He, the Word. And then shall the wicked be revealed, which has already been revealed to us under the seventh seal, the mystery of iniquity, because the seven seals revealed what? The mystery of iniquity. White horse. Red horse, black horse, pale horse is only the mystery of iniquity. The Antichrist spirit riding down through seven church ages, changing horses, changing degrees, coming right on down that spirit. Now under the spirit of death, the fourth horse rider, we're in the fourth seal, but now we're in the holiest of all called the seventh seal protection of Almighty God. Amen. 
we had to come out of her, my people. We had to come out of the church age into an exodus. The only place we could go was into the holiest of holies, into the seventh seal, into a secret place, a pavilion that Brother Bam called the rapture, a shout, voice, and trump. Praise God. Amen. Even him who's coming is after the working of Satan with all power, signs, and light and wonders. That's what we're fixing to turn loose. We see churches in California now. I hope they got a lot of money because they've been fined $5,000 a service for the last two services. I don't know how many services they can go, but we couldn't handle many services at $5,000 a service. We will not be having services here much longer. The fullness of the Gentiles is over. This spirit is overtaking the land. It's going to come now regardless. I think it will come whether Trump gets in or whether he doesn't get in. I don't think it even matters what president is. It is coming. It can't be stopped. Because remember now, we're in a storm. The greatest storm that we have live in is we ever went through. But before we entered that storm, God gave us a message, a revelation. Go, let's go back to the disciples and Jesus. What more? Jesus said, we've got to go across the sea because we're going to go over there and we're going to take the gospel over to those people across the sea. Hallelujah. We're going to go over and we'll go over and we'll set up the tents. Glory to God. We're going to have a good time. So Jesus gets in the boat and he goes to sleep. He's resting. And the storm is going. Hallelujah. And there his greatest disciples were screaming and all nervous, afraid. They put their mask on. They run down in the bottom of the boat. Said, oh, Lord, save me, save me, save me, save me. I thought we were going to have a rapture. I thought you was here. Oh, glory to God, glory to God. He finally woke up. Peace. What do you get out of that? The word that he gave you before the storm is the word that will hold you through the storm to be fulfilled after the storm. We're going through a storm, but we've already got a word. Little bride, you are as though you never done it in the first place. Whew. Praise God. You, that bomb will not get you. God will take you out of here completely whole. Hallelujah. Lord, uh, let's get by a little Pentecost man over here. Then. Don't hurt to have a little man a little bit. We see they can't stop the protesters. But they can stop gatherings to shop, to eat, to worship. Worship is banded. Riots are encouraged by the very people that's in charge to keep you safe and protected and meet the needs of the people. I think, what's going on? Just think, what's going on? Oh, you said it's politics. Politics is controlled by demon power. Demon power is the right word. Israel is in her homeland. 
as far as we know, I watched a documentary last week, and they think they have found three tribes of Israel that is lost in Ethiopia, and they're trying to get those people to Israel. Now, were they part of the lost tribes? I do not know. I just know that they have found three tribes, and one tribe is called Israel, so-and-so meaning the house of God. What more? They are basically tribes of Israel. They're just like in huts and natives and what more. No education, no nothing. It's just poor people. But when Israel gets in the homeland, fixed, that clock will start. So we see as far as we understand, Israel's in the homeland. i got to close now. The thunders have sounded. I'll go on record again. I just got through reading websites this week. They're, they're, all the debate has come around again. The seven seals not open. The thunders hadn't sounded. Brother Branham didn't do this and Brother Branham did that. Look, Brother Branham was the, the Elijah of Malachi 4. I believe that. He done exactly what the Bible said he would do. I believe that. He told us what he told us. I believe that. We're just as safe as he was vindicated. Amen. So what we find, the uh, thunders have sounded. We are now in the holiest of holies, in the presence of a pillar of fire. Now the mystery that we've got to come to as we, as we work through this, who is this pillar of fire? What is it? Do we have a revelation of this light? For he is the mystery of godliness. Run in parallel with the mystery of iniquity. All right. So we're now in the presence of the Holy Saul, a dispensation of the word called the token, in the presence of God in the form of a pillar of fire. In Romans 13, 13, we've got just enough time to read it. Let's look at it. In Romans 13, 13, America now is found in the 13th chapter of Revelation. But in Romans 13, uh, 13, we'll see here, what am I, uh, let's start with verse 11. And that knowing the time, that now is the high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Now, wait a minute. You mean there's a salvation that comes to us after we believed? I thought when we believed, we were saved. We'll teach a whole sermon. Salvation, as the word goes, means you are saved when you're resurrected or changed while you're alive. Salvation is climaxed at immortality. So what Paul is saying for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe he was making reference to the resurrection of our bodies coming out of the grave. That was what they looked forward to. Verse 12. The night is far spent. In other words, the church ages is over. The day is at hand. What day? The day of the Lord, the day of the wrath of God, the sixth seal, the seventh trumpet, the seventh seal, and the third woe. That's exactly where we're sitting. And watch. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. To us that would be the Pentecostal teachings and mindsets that we was raised up under, that we're still holding to. Many people, and I've seen it just lately, 
people fail in the message. Ministers go out, they mess their lives up. They come back, they go to someone, they repent. They get up and tell everybody how sorry they are. That's wonderful. They should do that. They break down to totally, cry, what more, beg, what more for forgiveness. That's wonderful. That's what they should do. They turn around now and go right back to the water and be baptized by the same preacher with the same revelation that baptized him 30 years ago. And come up and say, praise God, I'm a new man now. I started all over. I can continue my ministry. I continue working. I don't think so. Because when you confess that you never had received Jesus, which is a witness of the Holy Ghost, your baptism was wrong. You say, well, I was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the preacher said over you. But did you go to the water with a revelation of Jesus Christ that's been revealed to you today? I mean, just follow me. Not back in Pentecost, today. Do you have a revelation of the mystery of godliness? Has Jesus Christ, the Son of God, been revealed to you? You take that revelation to the water... And the Holy Spirit will bear witness that your faith in Jesus was real. There's your baptism of the Holy Ghost. There's where you got to come back. Not a oneness, not a twoness, not a threeness, but a revelation of Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. The baptism in water doesn't say, well, I'm going to do this, it's going to get me. No, you take something to the water... That God bears witness to that is true. Amen. Amen. All right, I, I might stop here. Karen, y'all want to come? Let's look at you. If I get in, that'd be too long. So, the judgment that follows the opening of the sixth seal in 1964, the great earthquake, we have seen going on in the last 20 years or so. The separation by the message of Revelation 10, 7. The seventh messenger bringing us the mystery of silence. By the seventh seal opening by the Lamb of God. Brother Branham did not open the seven seals. Now you don't know if that's true or not. You need to go back and read the books again. Jesus, the man, the Lamb, opens the seals in heaven. Revelation chapter 5 and 6. Who's worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof? No man was found in heaven, pope, bishop, priest, prophet, or no one else. But the Lamb was found worthy. And the Lamb takes the book, and he opens one, two, three, four, five, six, and basically don't know what the seventh one is and don't know. Bible doesn't say that. It said the Lamb opened seven seals. So all seven seals was open in heaven. Can you say amen to that? When we get into it, we know that it was given symbols and words to be spoken for the first six seals. But the seventh seal, there was silence 
in heaven about the space of half an hour. I'm not just spiritual or that smart either. But if you go from 1955, it's when the vision of the tent come to Brother Branham, which I believe is symbolic of the seventh seal. And then if you're smart enough to take a thousand years in one day and so on and so on and break it down into time, you'll find from 1955 to the opening of the seal in 1963 was exactly the same amount of time as 30 minutes of silence. That's just something to think about. You say, well, Brother Gregory, if the seventh seal is open and it was silent, how am I ever going to get it? That's a good subject for next week. Let's stand this morning, would you? I guess I went into a little detail there, but you can read it. And go through the rest of the Romans there, because what you get into, it says, uh, The night is far spent, the church age, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, which to us will be the Pentecostal age. Let us put on the armor of light, which will be the revelation of the seventh seal. Let us walk honestly as in the day, which is the day of atonement, the forgiveness of sins, and the day of grace. Not now here now you got a combination of two and threes, not in rioting and in drunkenness, two things in one, not in chambering and in wantonness, two more, not in strife and enemy. I give you the definition of what they are, and you can see America on TV this afternoon fulfilling that scripture. If we had time, we'd go through them real quick. Rioting. I just look it up in a, on the internet. You can find it on yourself real quick. Definition right. A noisy, violent, public disorder caused by a group or a crowd of persons as by a crowd protesting against another group, a government policy, etc. in the streets. That's what right it is. Drunkenness. Thus it takes intellectual or spiritual perplexity. Job 12, 25. What more? Bewilderment, helplessness, under calamity. Those two go together. You see it in the streets today. Uh, chambering and wantonness. In Romans 13, 13, chambering means to lay down and rest. Basically, go on and lay down on the couch. However, this word, K-O-I-T-E, carries a sinful meaning. Chambering, as it sits in that verse, is outside of marriage. It is not an innocent resting on a couch or bed, as in Luke 11, 7. Instead of the proper term chambering, we would say informally, shacking up. Bed hopping. Living together. Sleeping around. I, I, nobody in America would do that, would they? Come on, look, church. How, can you wake up this morning and know where you're at? Oh, you think something's wrong with just sleeping around? Praise God, ain't nothing wrong with that. I watched this little program called uh, HGI. In other words, they renovate houses. Hey, me watch the, something like, I like to watch Bill log cabins, houses, when I get all ideas and go out and spend money in my house, it never looks like their house, but anyway, I like that, it, one more, and they was renovating this woman for this man and woman, basically they had won a seven million dollars in the lottery, and they was looking for the lottery home, oh, what more, and uh, he said, well, uh, this man, so but this is my whole schoolheart, sweetheart, so and so, my other, he said, well, are y'all married? He said, no, we're just living together on public TV. So you're going to get married. And both of them said, no, 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 we're not going to get married. We're just going to live together. Fine, because the homosexual was the one doing the talking. 
Do you realize that America's mind is absolutely sick? Can you imagine this morning sitting here? If Brother Branham, a prophet of God, would resurrect and come preach to you a sermon this morning. And him get on the condition of people, morals, what's going on. Uh, you wouldn't be feeling what you're feeling now. We would be screaming and crawling in our skins and everything else. Amen. This nation is gone. It's over. The Gentiles is finished. We're sealed in. Praise be to God. Look up the word strife. It tells you exactly what it is, a party spirit, because it's linkage to political system, political party. Envy and the strife goes together, causing confusion, envy and every evil work, da-da-da-da-da. That's exactly where we're at today, fulfilling Scripture, right before the resurrection of the sleeping saints and the change of the body of those that are alive. The next thing you and I look for is the sleeping saints appear to us in immortal bodies. And they are not all far off on a journey, and they're not over here in the ground. Is everybody awake this morning? The sleeping saints are no more than six feet or four feet from us right now, absolutely listening in on you right now, hoping for us to sound back what has already been spoken so they can come here and take on another body. They cannot come to immortality until we eat of the hidden manna that we'll find that come down in the form of a book in Revelation 10, 1 to 7. And we are to eat according to Revelation 10, 11 and 12. And we'll look next week at this hidden manna. I give you the quotes. If you read them, you'll see where Brother Brown went, manna, 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 manna. And after the seals, he picked up a hidden manna, but told us we can eat this manna that he called the Holy Ghost every day in your life. He said, remember, they eat manna in the wilderness for 40 years, and every one of them are dead. So you can have the baptism of the Holy Ghost every day of your life and go straight to hell with it. Because there's nothing in it that will change your body. And now it has wiggle tails. It's got worms in it. It's not fit to even put in your mouth. Go look at Pentecost on TV called Charismatic Movement. All they got is a bunch of prostitute women preachers selling you gimmicks, dopes, books, and formulas, and everything else, diets, and everything else. Has no life in it whatsoever. But that has been rejected and called false and cults and everything else. Still has a revelation in it. That in our mouth will be sweet as honey. Now, I wonder why they call it sweet as honey since them wafers back there that fell in was sweet as honey. You follow all in, it's in the form of a book, and it is the tree of life or the seed bread that's been feeded to us that we call a message that will change your body. People will say, Well, what is this message? What is it you people are talking about? What do you mean a prophet? What do you mean that it's hidden manna? They just can't get it. They've went out to buy it. 
They're working for it. They're preaching for it. And they're praying for it. But it will not come. We are shut in with God. You have stayed with it. With an amen. And we will find out as we go along. Under this revelation. You will see marriage and divorce. Which is invisible union. Marriage and divorce was not a legal sermon preached for everybody. Marriage and divorce was a revelation, an allegory, preached to show us what God is doing with His bride today, coming out of the prostitution of the daughters of harlots, double married and everything else, come over here and that husband dies and you're married to the bridegroom, the revealed Word of God. Come on. And that's the reason he said, you now stand justified as though you never was messed up in that system in the start with. Now you have an invisible union with the Word of God, and you are made as virgins to Christ. Everything is under eating this hidden manna. What was that last song we sang? How many loves the Lord this morning? Oh, my, praise God. Now, now you can turn around and give Canada away this morning. Let them know that you recognize them in here. Yeah. How many knows God has already done it for us? We have spiritual food in due season. Just enough for ourselves. You have gathered your portion, your personal revelation, and now you've got it kept up. It will last you all the way through the millennium. You can't sell it. You can't give it away. So they're out trying to buy it. You can't buy it. God said, it's manna. I fed you. I give it to you. Individually, I give it to you. Have you individually received it? Do you know this morning who you are as a son and daughter of God? Not only is the mystery of God is or God is to be identified, but that revelation will identify every cell, every seed, and every daughter in the body of Christ. Mommy, that's me. And when that big eagle screamed, you found out that you wasn't a chicken, you wasn't a Baptist, neither was you a Pentecostal. You was an eagle that only eat fresh meat every day. Praise be to God. And it will sustain us through this storm. And we will come out on the other side. Right. Let's sing it this morning. Well, no, my God can do this. There's nothing to do. Let me please that this morning. my God Let's give him praise and worship. He's the Lord that come down from heaven to feed our soul. Mighty is he. I know my God can do it. Turn around and shake hands with somebody. Say, I know God can do it for me, and I know He can do it for you. Praise the Lord.
finally got to the message this morning. They're in your notes. Read them. It won't get boring. And we'll pick up next week and carry you, hopefully, from the manna to the hidden manna. This is already past tense. You've already done it. You've already moved. You've already received it. Now we're asking God to reveal to us what has already been. Let us see what has been fulfilled to help us recognize who we are in Christ at this hour. And see the complete revelation of Jesus the Christ, this pillar of fire, God Himself, that is here among us, called the Holy Ghost, leading us to the eternal land of the millennium. Is He here? Probably said He wouldn't leave until He takes us out of here. So if that's the promise he gave us before the storm, it's still true. He, you say, well, where is he? He's sleeping. Brother Bram said he's resting up there in the mountains right about uh, up there in Canada. What's that name, town, that name up there? Uh, Banff or somewhere up in there. Where is it? Jasper or somewhere up there. He said God is up there in the mountains uh, resting. Well, I went up there to wake him up, but I didn't get him awake. But if you go up there to that town, I can't remember now, whatever it is, Jasper, whatever that little town is, you will tell when you ride into that area, that town, the big mountain sitting back here, it is different than any other place that you'll ever visit. There's just an all there that's just a quiet all in that area that you cannot explain. But if God's resting there, we're in this storm, and I think we're screaming, Lord, help us. Are you, are you going to help us in this time, or are you going to wake up and deliver us? But remember, the prophet said that he will remain. He will stay with you. He will lead you all the way to the millennium. That promise is still true. Amen. So we believe that with all of our hearts. Amen. So God bless you. Thank you for coming this morning. Thank the visitors for coming. I didn't get the names, but we thank you for coming. And if I wasn't an old man and out of breath, I'd preach another hour. I know Mike and them come up, is used to two or three hours of preaching, but I don't think he could take three hours anymore. There's Billy come back two weeks in a row, almost like old times. Makes me feel like I'm homesick. Praise the Lord. I wonder, how come them kids are getting so old looking? Now remember, I, I knew them and baptized a lot of them 35 or 40 years ago. Then their children, now their children's children. So I think it's time for the old man to have a rest, don't y'all? Uh, I, I heard Brother Lee say one time, he said, I told the deacons, if I absolutely come up dying, don't put me in the ground. We'll go over and say, don't bury him yet. He hasn't had his vacation. <laughs> and I told my wife, I said, if I happen to drop dead before I get out of here, don't let them bury me before I get a vacation. 
Then I happened to think, if I'm dead, I'm on vacation. <laughs> so I said, don't wake me back up. Just let me stay on vacation. Amen. But I know in my own self, and you know too, I'm looking at an end. I'm looking at a wall. It's coming quick. My time is over. I'll either die or I'll go into body change, one or the other. My ministry is over, basically. I know that. I can feel it. I know it. It's over. I've always preached that we'll be here and be a part of the ministry and we'll take a change of our body, and that's what I still preach. If I get what I preach, I'm going to have a changed body. If that's the case, you look at me and you understand that the rapture is coming very quickly because this old body will not be able to preach very much longer under its conditions right now. I, I appreciate your prayers. I appreciate God. Uh, the juiced up vitamins and everything else to get me up here where I can stand an hour. But the time is over. We are here. And I hope I can get that across to you that you have received what you need for the resurrection and the rapture. Amen. So God bless you. Thank you for coming. Next week we'll look at this hidden manna. And where I'm leading to is the mystery, the silence under the seventh seal to show us what that is and show you that we have already heard it and we believe it. Amen. So God bless you. Take the name of the Lord with you. Be joyful in your heart. May your hope and fear be diminished. Don't let this virus or this storm get you down now. Because you got a promise that will take you through this storm. Amen. So God bless you. Well, my, oh, my God.